Rabotai, we are uh, learning Parashat Vayetzeh. Vayetzeh Yaakov. Because our Parashat is, uh, is filled. <coughs> the beginning of the Parashat, of course, we learn how Yaakov went to get married. Vayetzeh Yaakov Be'er Shaba. Vayelech Harana. Rashi Kadosh comes along and says, Vayelech Harana. He really didn't get to Haran. Says, Yatsala Lechet. Yatsala Lechet Laharan. She says three words. Vayelech Harana. Yatsala Lechet Laharan. Sounds like originally his intention was to go to Haran, but then he changed his mind. <clears throat> what does Rashi mean, Yatsala Lechet Laharan? So we explained it in previous years according to the Chida that says the Gemara. Gemara has a question, what is a person supposed to do first? Is he supposed to get married first? Or is he supposed to learn Torah first? So the Gemara says it depends. Halan v'halehu. If a person is rich, then he should go get married first. Because he has money, he could support his wife, then he could go study Torah b'kedushah. But if he's poor... He's going to get married. He won't be able to learn. He doesn't have any money. He has to go to work. The Gemara says, He has the yoke of Panazah on his neck. So basically the Gemara is making a hiluk. If you have money, get married first and then go learn Torah. If you don't have money, <coughs> then learn first. And then, when Yaakov Abinu left his father's house, so he was a wealthy man. His father gave him uh, all the money. <coughs> so Yaakov follows the halakha. His intention was to go to Haran to get married. Yatsala lechet laharana, she says. Because the halakha says, if you're rich, yisa isha, v'atach yilmot Torah. However, as we know, that on the way there, Eliphaz to call his money. And now Yaakov Abinu became destitute. He doesn't have anything... His name, just a stick. Nothing. So therefore, he has to change his plan. He cannot go get married now. So therefore, he went and checked himself into Shem Ve'ever for 14 more years, and then went to get married. So that's where she says, His original intention was to go to Haran to get married, but because there was a change in his financial, economic uh, state, so therefore it changed his plan. There was a change in the itinerary. She says all that in three words. Unbelievable, Haida. <clears throat> well, the Pasuk writes that he gets to the place, and he goes to sleep. And he has the famous dream of the ladder. This dream of the ladder is very, very deep. Person dreams, the dreams mean not too much, but a Navi, like Yaakov Abinu, when he dreams, it's a prophecy. This dream was a prophecy. This was not a regular halom. This was a halom of nevuah. What did he dream in this prophecy? A ladder, Sulam Mutzav Arta. have a ladder that is grounded on earth and it reaches the heavens. And he sees the angels going up and down. And then the Pasuk comes along and says that when Yaakov Abinu wakes up, 
ישעק ויקדש יעקב משנתו ויאמר אכן יש השם במקום הזה behold that there's God in this place ואנוכי לא ידעתי I didn't know what does it mean he didn't know that's why he went back he was going to Haran then he, when he got there he said oh I, I should have prayed in the holy place that my father prayed. Remember the story? <coughs> the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, that he came to himself and he said, how, how did I pass the place that my father's prayed? So he went back. And it says yet kifisat ha'aris. Haramuriyah. Ba'yifka b'makom. Ba'yarat ha'makom merachok. It's the same makom. So if he went back to pray, said Natan da'atol lahzor. He put in his mind to go back. And bingo, he was back. So what do, you, what do you expect to happen in the dream? Of course he's going to have a prophecy in that place. It's a holy place. When he gets up from the dream, he says, Oh, behold, there's God in this place. I didn't know. If you didn't know, then why'd you go back there then? What do you mean you didn't know? Of course you knew. That's the story over here of the ladder. Right after that, like we learned last night, by Yisai Yaakov Raglav, Yaakov lifts his legs. And he goes, he goes east. Now this is a uh, very, very interesting pasuk. Is it teaching me how to walk? You know, in Israel they used to tell you instructions on the cereal box. When they just came out with cereal in Israel, the people didn't know how to eat it. So on the back of the box it said, pour in bowl, add milk, put the spoon in, eat, repeat. <clears throat> they taught you how to eat cereal. Yeah. So now it's teaching you how to walk. So you know how you walk? You have to lift up your leg. Lift up your leg and vayelech. Okay, that's a that's a lot that's a lot of words to tell me that he went somewhere. Vayisa Yaakov Raglav Vayelech. Okay, he went to the east. That's the direction. Although, like we asked last night in the Shi'ur, for those that were in attendance, <coughs> it said already Vayelech Harana. It says he went to Haran. So now you're telling me, oh, you should know, by the way, and Haran is in the east. Okay, it's good, I wanted to know that because I have a geography test tomorrow. And just in case they ask me which direction is Haran, so now you know it's been a kidim. What does he have to tell me it's in the east, it's in the west, it's in the south? What do you have to tell me? Vayelech Arza ben a kidim. Vantem? So this is the beginning of the Perashad, and of course Yaakov makes his way to Lavan's house. <coughs> and a lot of, uh, a lot of years he spends in Lavan's house. 20 years working with the sheep, marries four wives, has children. There was a, uh, a great rabbi, the Avodat Avodah. The Avodat Avodah is the Rebbe from Tash. Tasha Rebbe. The Brahas, as known, were very close to the Rebbe. Well, I, I, they were close to their businesses. That's what they were close to. And they felt that the Rebbe uh, can help them in their businesses. They didn't make a move without Correct. So uh, they loved their business. That they did. And the Rebbe was able to help them. So therefore... They love the Rebbe also, but only because the Rebbe was able to help their business. As opposed to me, that I do not have a business, and I went to the Rebbe, the Shem Shamayim, 
not to ask him what stock to buy, and not to ask him if I should buy a building or not to buy a building. According to the to the to, to the people of Tash, they claim that my request was maybe the only time it was ever requested by anybody that ever came to him. I requested him if he has any sefarim, and they were shocked. And at the time, uh, they came along and they said, "Yes, we have sefarim." But nobody ever asked for Sephardi. I said, this rabbi cannot be a, he's not a, uh, you know, a, uh, a handicapper. He's a, he's a Sadiq. He must have been giving, uh, Shi'urim. So they gave me the book, but the book was in Yiddish. I told him it's a Chinese newspaper. It doesn't help me this book. So they said, we're going to send you the Hebrew version. This is the book that they sent me. He even wrote a whole uh, introduction over here in the bu- beginning of the book. This is in Tafshin Ayin. That's exactly 10 years ago. That's when I got my first volume. And then they reprinted it and they sent me the new, uh, the new and improved version. So anyway, I like to read the books of the Tasha Rebbe. He had passed away since. He's buried in Kriyat Tash in Montreal, outside of Montreal. Correct. Well, I never saw the Rebbe uh, only in Tafshin Ayin. That's when I saw him once. And I didn't see him in Montreal. I saw him in Fort Lauderdale. Really? They took him there for the, for the winters. It was cold in Montreal. So they rented him a uh, you know, a little place over there, a 42-bedroom place. And, uh, <coughs> you know, because the Rebbe needs all these the big, big places. Yeah, with all the tzaddikim over there. And uh, anyway... But we visited the Kebid, uh two years ago when I went to Montreal. Anyway, the Rebbe begins by quoting a Midrash that's in this week's parasha. Shila ma'alot esa'inay leharim me'ayin yabor ezri. So this pasuk of Shila ma'alot, it's in Tehillim. But the Midrash quotes it as the introduction to this week's parasha. So the Gemini Midrash says, don't read the Pasuk, Esa'inai Il-Heharim. Heharim means the mountains. But read it, Il-Hahorim. I lift my eyes up to my parents. Me'ayin Yavo Ezri. Where is my salvation going to come from? What was Yaakov Abinu? It sounds like he needed a salvation. It seems like he was uh, in trouble. So he says, I turn to my parents, Esa'inai Il-Hahorim. So the Midrash says, Eliezer When Eliezer went to get Rivka, what does it say? He had ten camels, he had nose rings, he had bangles, he was came with a whole swanny. And Yaakov Abinu was destitute. He said, I don't have one, one asset. I don't have one, one jewel. So he turns to his fathers and he says, Ezri is a wife, because the wife was called Ezid Kenegdo. So he's saying, How am I going to find my, uh, my Shidduch? I don't have any, uh, any assets. I have nothing to give. And then all of a sudden, he answers his dilemma by saying, Ezri me'im Adonai, Ose shamayim va'aris. So he says, Hazar va'amar, Yaakov is talking. Ma'ana, Movad sivri. Movad sivri means, you think I should lose faith? Like he woke himself up and said, what am I talking about? I'm panicking. What do you think of that? I should lose faith? Hath shalom. Let ana movad sivri. I'm not going to lose faith. Ela ezri me'im Adonai. That my faith is in God, the creator of heaven and earth. Abotai, this midrash is amazing midrash. Obviously Yaakov was worried about something. And very quickly he was able to catch himself 
And at that point over there, he said, no, everything's okay. It's like a person, you see him uh, all uh, agitated. And a second later, what's the matter? Everything's fine. What, what happened? In one pasuk already, he, he answered all his questions. Now, and by the way, if it would have said, And then the next pasuk would say, that God came and gave Yaakov a million dollars. Then I would say, ah! Now I understand why he... Because his whole concern was, he doesn't have money. Now, now also, what, what is the tzaddik? The tzaddik cares if he has money or not? What does the tzaddik care if he has money? In the Ezzet, he had camels, and he had this and that. And Yaakov says, I have nothing. What was he worried about? He was worried about... To get married. Oh, so he, he, he needs to have money to get married. And if he doesn't have money, he can't get married. Fine. And then what happened? Then he said, you know what? It'll work. It'll work out. Why? There's God. Because oh, he didn't know there was God before. <laughs> what, what, what did he answer? Oh, there's God. So, oh, there's God. Because Yaakov in the beginning thought there's no God. So therefore he said, hey, I'm in trouble. Then somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, read the next pasuk of the Tehidim. Read the next pasuk. Okay, I know I'm not going to lose hope. This is a very, very difficult midrash that the Rebbe is trying to is trying to understand. <clears throat> so he explains it. He explains it beautifully. You know, there's a story told in the Navi. There was a wife of Obadiah. Obadiah was the prophet. And she had a lot of debt. Her husband died and left her with a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. And uh, she needed a miracle. So the prophet Elisha came to her. And the prophet told her, what do you have in the house? And he said, I have a little, she has to have a little jug of oil. So I had a little jug of oil. So fine. Uh, take the oil and go fill up all the empty vessels. And uh, sure enough, the oil was going and going and going. And the prophet says, you have enough to pay back all your creditors from the oil. And the rest, you'll be able to use for you and your family, for the kids. So the Rebbe asked a simple question. Obviously, the fact that this oil never ended was a miracle. So why does the prophet have to say, do you have any anything in your house? Says, oh, I have a little oil. Oh, you have a little oil, we're good. And if she said she has no oil, also it's a miracle anyway. So what is this prerequisite that she has to have a little oil in the house? Let's say she would have told the prophet, sorry, you know what? We had the uh, uh, salad last night. I used my last thing of oil. There's nothing left in the house. So what would the prophet have told her? Seemingly the prophet was, okay, no problem. Well, we're not going to do that miracle also. It's, a, it's an extra, it's an extra, it's an extra ste- step. You know, it's an extra step in the procedure. But okay, we'll get you the oil and we'll give you the beracha. So the Rebbe says, no. We have a rule that says that you're not allowed to be neheneh from ma'asin nisim. You're not allowed to benefit from miracles. Kid Hanaaf for miracles. Ma'asini seem. If you go work for your money and you make your money, okay, you earn the derechateva, derechateva. Ma'asini seem. Not supposed to have Hanaaf. But he says, unless that there was something there initially. So if there's something there initially, so then already you could say that it's not Ma'asini seem in the sense that it's coming something from nothing. It's coming from something that's there. So that point she said, listen, you want to pay back your debts. You want to benefit from your children. You got to have something in the house. So I have a little oil. A little oil, no problem. So now you don't have to be concerned about ma'asin nisim. Even though it's going to be a miracle, but it's a miracle that came from something that she had. So therefore pay off your creditors and then the leftovers you can use for yourself and you have no problem. Oh,
So now he comes along and says, a big hadush. Yaakov Abinu, when he left his father's house, he had nothing. He had nothing. Ramash, they stripped him from everything he had. He didn't even have a jug of oil like Ishat Ovadiah had. He had nothing. So now he comes along and says, even if God makes a miracle, and gives me all the Parnassah, Abracadabra, I'm not allowed to benefit from it. Of course Yaakov knows I can make a miracle. Abracadabra, all the money's going to come to him. But he comes along and says, at least in the case of Eshet Obadiah, the prophet said, listen, you got something? I got Asuk Shemin. Asuk Shemin? Okay, no problem. We go for a right. But I'm starting with nothing. So therefore... Me'ayin yavor ezri, ayin is nothing. Me'ayin, from nothing yavor ezri, how could, how could from nothing uh, salvation come? And even if a miracle happens, I won't be able to benefit. That's Yaakov's dilemma. That you cannot be nehenef from ma'asim Now we begin a very important talk. That's the introduction of this talk. Now we start a very important talk. The tzaddikim, they're always concerned about the yetzer Like we, like even people who are not tzaddikim, people who are not tzaddikim don't worry. They just, uh, you know, they just make sin. They don't care. But the tzaddik is worried. He doesn't want to have any. Now, what is the tzaddik worried about? He's not worried about sins. You think a Sadiq is going to make a sin? You gotta be out of your mind. The Sadiq won't talk to Shonara. He's not going to eat a ham sandwich. He's not going to be Mahalash Shabbat. He's not going to eat Hamid Sabbat. The Sadiqim don't grapple with that type of stuff. Because those are blatant sins. What do you think? You, you, you go to, you go to, 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 to the Benish Chai. He's struggling with, uh, Asish Of course not. But the Yitzhak is very, very cunning. Yetzirah, how does he get, get, get the tzaddik? That's right. The Yetzirah, he's got to get you on the hook. He's a salesman. He's a salesman. You remember the, the girls of Midian, they wanted to get the Jews to commit, you know, Avodah Zarah. But you can't tell them, come Avodah Zarah. So what do you tell them? You open up a flea market. Anything wrong with shopping? Nothing wrong with shopping. A flea market. Jews like to shop. They go in the store. There's an old lady, the Chetiara, in the front of the store. She's selling the goods. No problem. The Yetzirah says, I got them in the store. I got them in the store. Once they're in the store, then like you said, Elliot, they come along and say, well, you know, there's stuff in the back. It get a little more sophisticated stuff. Get to the back, already there's a pese, there's a young girl there. Before they knew it, by the time they left, they committed Avodah Zarah and Giluah. But how did the Yitzhak get them? There wasn't a sign in front of the store, Giluah Arayot Avodah Zarah. The sign of the store is buy one, get one free. That was the sign in front of the store. Black Friday, that's what it said in front of the store. You understand? Black Friday. Black Friday Black Friday. Beautiful. Adam Shabbat. They walked in, before you know it, from the, from the thing that's permissible, that's where you have to be very careful. The Yetzirah uses the, the bait, we'll call it. Then we go fishing. So before they start to catch the fish, they have a big bucket of chum. And the guy has a, like a, a ladle, and they mix it. And they start to throw it in the water over there. Exactly, to arouse the fish. Now, the fish doesn't know better. Fish thinks, this is chesed. They're giving us free food over there. And they start to come to eat the free food over there. Nothing wrong. Before you know it, they're in the bucket. Before you know it, they're filleted. That's the Yitzhak like chums first. He throws out the chum. It's permissible. But you have to be very careful. Because there's a hook that's going to trap you and catch you. So then we have to be very, very careful in that uh, approach. Beware of the things that are permissible. Because behind every permissible, there's a curtain 
where the Yitzhah is going to snare you in order to doing something that's forbidden. That's the key. We've talked about this a thousand times already in this Friday class, as you know. The Mishnah says in Pirkei Avot, Hevu zehirin barshut. It's Mishnah Pirkei Avot. Reshut means government. The Mishnah is warning you, be careful what from the government. Hevu zehirin barshut. Why? She'en mekarvim no la'adam ela letzorech atzman. The government only attracts a person for their benefit. Nir'in ke'ohavim b'sha'at hana'atam ve'en omdim no la'adam b'sha'at duhko. They use the person, and when they finish with him, they spit him out. So the Gemara is telling you, Mishnah is giving you good advice, stay away from government. People think, oh, I'm friendly with this politician, he's going to help me. He's only going to help you when he needs you. And then when you need him, he throws you out. So therefore, if was in Bereshut. The Baal Shem Tov learned this Mishnah different. He learned that the word Bereshut means <coughs> things that are permissible. You have three things. You have things that are Asur, things that are Mutar. I take it back. Things that are Asur, things that are Mitzvah. And then in the middle you have Switzerland, which is what? Permissible. Now, permissible is not a mitzvah. Permissible is not a, a, a forbidden. We call that reshut. Reshut means it's permissible. Doesn't mean it's a mitzvah to do it, like eating, sleeping. Would you say eating is a mitzvah? No. Is eating an avera? No, it's kosher food. So where does eating fall into? Reshut, a gray area. Understand those areas I'm talking about? Shopping, wearing clothes, all these areas over here. You can't, you can't classify it as a mitzvah. You can't classify it as an avera. So you have to put it in the middle area, which we call the area of Reshut. So the Mishnah says, Hevu Zehirin Barshut. That's where you have to be careful, in the areas of Reshut. That's where the trap is. Because in every Reshut, it can lead you to Isu. That's the entrance that the Yisra gets you. At least it gets the Tzaddikim. The guy, the guy who's not a Tzaddik, you don't need this trap. He goes straight to the Avon, he don't care. But the, the guy who's not a tzaddik, you could put the sign up, Gilui Alayot, he says, beauty, he walks right in. The tzaddik is not going to walk into that Gilui Alayot place. But he'll walk into Black Friday. From the Black Friday, bingo, he ends up in the same place where the Rasha was. Understand what's going on? So we always have to be careful. So don't, don't, don't be juvenile and say, oh, but it's permissible. Well, that's what we're worried about. That's what we're worried about. We're, we're worried about the curtain behind the permissible you know, it starts over, the guy eats. He ate kosher food, he drank kosher wine, and before you know it, from the kosher food and kosher wine, the guy already is doing things that are unkosher. And had the Yitzhak get him, he chummed him, some kosher food, and he asked before he eats it, is it Bet Yosef? Yeah. Oh, it's Bet Yosef. And let me just check the codes for the Kemah Yashan to make sure, because I'm very careful on that. And the wine, make sure it's not Shemitah. Oh, no, we don't want to use the Heter Mechira. And we don't want to use, you know, uh, Otsar Bedin. It's got to be wine. She's very careful. All the stamps of the Badats. And then from that, all of a sudden the guy's doing the worst things. Be careful from the areas that are called the shoot. Ki tetzela we're going to read that in the summer. Bezat Hashem in Parashat Ki Tetzeh. Ki Tetzeh la-milchama al-oivecha. When you're going to fight a war against your enemy. So that she says, what type of war are we talking about? There's two types of wars. In Jewish war uh, history, you have milchimit mitzvah. That's like routing out uh, the Kenani, the Hiti, the Perizi, the seven nations. And then you have another type of war that's called milchimit Reshut. Melchamit Reshut is voluntary war. That's to expand the borders. So on this pasuk, it says, I don't know which war are we talking about here. Is it Melchamit Mitzvah or Melchamit Reshut? So that she over there on the pasuk, says, It's talking about Melchamit Reshut. The Mekubalim say, Who's the oyev of the person? The oyev is the yetzerara. 
When you're going to go wage war against your enemy, so that she says, where is the battleground against the Yitzhara? The war is in the ground called Reshut. Sadiq's not going to do Averot. That's why the Zohar Hadash writes, Sha'at Akhila, Sha'at Milhama. The simple interpretation is, that when, it, when it, don't bother a guy when he's eating. Don't bother a guy. Guy's an empty stomach. He's uh, he's uh, you know his stomach is growling, so he can be very irritable. And if you're gonna agitate the guy on an empty stomach, he might react like a like a hungry bear and attack. So the Gemara says, be careful. Which means, let exactly. Be careful. Don't don't touch the guy's ketchup. Don't touch the guy's salt. Let him finish doing everything he wants to do before you start, uh, you know, talking to the guy. But according to the Mikubalim, they learn it like this: Shat achila, it's permissible. That's where the milhama is. Shat milhama. That's the war against the yetzer. And things like achila that are the shoot. That's where the milhama is. Huh? Because from the permissible. Like we said, you get hooked into the into the. Be very, very careful when it comes to these. Now we're not saying you should, you're not allowed to do permissible things. We're going to have to learn now how to how to negotiate with that area. We're just pointing out to you that that area is considered dangerous. Elliot became aware of the Netivot uh, Shalom. Mr. Franco Baruch Hashem is a uh, is a student of the Netivot Shalom. To the credit of our good friend Halfon that revealed this to all of us, the Nativot Shalom, at least in the English. It's a great, great sefer. I recommend it to all our members to read it. Uh, <clears throat> beautiful, beautiful pieces. I, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you, because I would never say it on another sefer. I only say it on one sefer. On the Yakut Yosef English, I say that, you know, you don't have to be embarrassed to learn that English book because the, the English is better than the Hebrew. And in the Tibot Shalom, I say the same thing, that uh, the guy who wrote it, this rabbi, Ginsburg, that you mentioned, you know, sometimes they say nothing was lost in the translation. I don't say that on this. I say, actually, it was, they gained in the translation. There was yeah. not, they, you mean, they didn't, it wasn't a, you know, if the guy comes close in the translation, you say, you know what, okay, you know, it's close enough. You, you get the gist. That is, this, is not, this is not a translation of gist. This is a translation where you say, oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> you understand what he meant through the translation. Anyway, it's well known that uh, that I'm a big fan of that uh, of that Hasidut uh, So he says, "Listen, the Yetzirara has many names. For example, the Zora Kadosh calls the Yetzirah Paro. Anytime you have a Rasha, they nickname him Oiz Yetzirah. Also, he's the embodiment in that generation of the Yetzirah." So in the generation of Yaakov, who was the embodiment of the Yitzhara? Esav. Esav's Yitzhara. He's the bed. He's the Kedipah. And the battle of Yaakov, which is the Tzaddik, he has to fight Esav his whole life. That's our... That's our uh, and Esav sonei Yaakov. The Yitzhara hates Yaakov. He wants, to, he wants to get him. So what happens? Yaakov Abinu was twins with his brother in the stomach, in the womb. And then when they come out, the Pasuk says... That his hand is holding the heel of Esav. Now, we don't know the significance of that. So he's holding the heel. What does that mean? So the Tibot Shalom says beautifully from a sefer called the Prit Sadiq. He says that Yaakov Aminu is teaching us how to fight the Yitzhara. The way you fight the Yitzhara, which is Esav, you got to hold on to his heel. Hold on to the heel. Hold on to the heel. So he says that there's an old saying that the Hachamim tell us, Kadesh Atzmecha B'Mutar. Now we start a new concept. What does it mean, Kadesh Atzmecha B'Mutar? In that area that we're talking about, the, the permissible area that's called Mutar, there is a concept that you're able to be Mekadesh the Mutar. Hadush. Hadush that you can actually sanctify the permissible area. That not only won't the permissible bring you to sin, 
but you can actually turn the permissible into a mitzvah. Uh, let's let's say let's say it better like this: You have mitzvah, avera, and then you have mutar. Mutar, we would call it a swing vote. The mutar is like a pendulum; it can go either way. Now, if the yetzerah grabs you, he brings that into the avera section. Before you know it, it leads you to sin. But if you're able to behave in that zone correctly, the mutar will lead you actually to. Mitzvah. Incredible. Incredible. And that's what it means. Kadesh atzmecha. You're able to kadesh yourself, not in the mitzvot, that's for sure. I don't need the rabbis to tell me, kadesh atzmecha be mitzvot. I should kadesh hanu mitzvotav. No, I do should not. No, right or wrong, I mean. If I tell you that when you do mitzvot, you get kedushah, you get, oh, big kedush. But if I tell you, if you're going to do things that are mutar, you're going to get kedushah. I should kadesh hanu be motarav. Not be mitzvotav. I should kiddushanu be motarav. That's a hadush. No beracha, not. So that's what the statement says. So therefore, the Yetzirah is going to present to you kosher food, sleeping, clothes, exercise, vacation, all good stuff. Mutar. Now your obligation is what? To sublime it. To somehow use that mutar area and elevate it to the level of Kedushah. Kadesh atzmecha b'mutar. Yaakov Abinu is now teaching us how to fight Esav. So he holds on to the heel. How do you say heel in Hebrew? V'yado ochezet, his hand is clutching on to the akev, the ekev. Ekev says the prit tzaddik is rashet tevot. Kadesh atzmecha b'mutav. That's how you fight the Yetzin. You hold on to the Ikev. If you're able to beat the Yetzirara in Switzerland, in the neutral territories, in the zones that are neither here or there, through the system called Kadesh atzmecha b'mutav lach, so you could turn, you know what basically you're doing? You're able to turn... Earth into heaven. You could turn earth into heaven. I could turn earthliness, which is nothing, and take a magic wand. If you ever went to Hershey, Pennsylvania, when you when you pull into Hershey, Pennsylvania, first you get a big whiff of the chocolate factory, and it's there. A certain block over there. There's a there's a certain wind uh, current that blows straight from the factory of uh, Milton Hershey, Allah shalom. And that whiff, you smell the chocolate. And then there's a big sign, Welcome to Hershey, Pennsylvania. The place where heaven meets earth. Heaven on earth. We're talking about over here, not heaven and earth. We're talking about that it's possible to turn earth, which is the mundane, into heaven. That's a big. That's a big accomplishment. Who was the first one that involved himself in this in this practice? No, he was one of them, but the first one that fulfilled this was Avraham Abinu. Let's talk about Avraham Abinu. Avraham Abinu, Shalom, would invite people over for food, for delicacies. For tongue, mustard, that's all permissible stuff. But what did he do with that stuff? He used it as a vehicle in order to bring the people back to Teshuvah. He gave them sleep. You, you would think Abraham Abinu would not give a guy a bed. You would think Abraham Abinu would say, listen, they're sleeping, that's Yetzirah, sleeping. You guys didn't learn all night. No, he would give them a nice comfortable bed, let them go to sleep. But all that Geshmiyut that he used, that permissible stuff, he used it in order to bring the people back to monotheism, to belief in God. That's the greatness of Abraham Abinu. He was able to turn Shabbat into honest. Before Abraham Abinu came, it's either you were a physical guy or a spiritual guy. The first one to, to mesh them together was Abraham. That's why if you look in the beginning, when God creates the world, 
The Pasuk says, Ele Toledot. Hashamayim ve'ares me'bare'am. Remember after the creation of the world? Perik bet yudalid. Ele Toledot Hashamayim. This is the story of the creation of the Shamayim ve'ares me'bare'am when it was created. Be'yom asot Hashem Elohim eres v'shamayim. Strange Pasuk. At the beginning of the Pasuk, it mentions Shamayim Ba'ares. At the end of the Pasuk, it mentions on the day that God created Eris, the Shamayim. Why does it reverse it? Explanation is, explanation is, when God created the world, before you had any tzaddikim in the world who knew how to do this, item of Kadesh Atzvichah B'mutah, the Eretz was primary. If you lived on earth, Eretz, you're an earthly person. You weren't born in the heavens. If you were born on planet earth, to you, Eretz was the Ikar, and Shamayim was secondary. That's why the Pasuk says, when God created the world, Beyom Asot Hashem Elohim, Eretz v'shamayim. If you live on earth, you tell me, what am I? I'm physical, I'm earthly. However, that all changed when Avraham came. Avraham Abinu lived on earth, but his primary Function was what? Shamayim. That's why the Pasuk says, That there was a person that came along that was living on Ares. But he's, he was able to turn the Ares into a primacy called Shamayim. And what is that? The Zohar says, Boom. When did that happen? That the Shamayim became priority on the Ares? Abraham. Before that, before Avraham was Eris V'Shamayim, Eris was the Ikar. Avraham was able to make Shamayim Ikar and Ares secondary. That's the big Hindush. That's the key. That's the key. The key is Kadesh Atzmecha B'Mutar to sanctify the permissible. Well, now we go back to Yaakov Abinu. You see, Rabotai Yaakov Abinu, he never had too much engagement in the worldly. For 63 years, he lived in Yitzhak Abinu's house. What did he do all day long? He learned. And then he goes out, and he says, you know what, I can't go. But Yitzhak Yaakov, he makes a left turn, a right turn. Another 14 years. So for 77 years, all he's doing is, is learning. He had no connection to anything that's physical. For 77 years, Yaakov's life is only Shamayim. Doesn't exist of anything of Aretz. Now he has to do something he was never, never did before. Now he has to leave and go to the Aretz. Gotta get married. That's physical. He never slept. He never slept. It says, Until that point, not even sleep. All of a sudden, Yaakov has to change gears now. And he's becoming a man that lived in Shamayim. And all of a sudden now, he's going to go to Labanzas. What is he doing in Labanzas for 20 years? He's doing sheep. He's working. He sees Rachel at the well. He kisses her. All of a sudden, a different, uh, different Yaakov over here. Now Yaakov is engaging in, uh, in worldly pursuits. Understand what's going on over here? Yaakov Abinu now is going to be taught a lesson. Yeshiva man needs to be taught a lesson. So he has a dream. He dreams. What does he dream? Shabbat Shemo, what a dream this is. Pasuk says, Vayahalom sulam mutsav arza. There's a ladder, and the ladder is on earth. Now, what is the purpose of a ladder? To climb it. And all of a sudden, he looks at this ladder that's on earth. What? Yaakovinu shocked at this. You're telling me that you could turn Ares 
and Aretz can lead you to Shamayim. This is a tremendous uh, prophecy for Yaakov Abinu. Because Yaakov Abinu was worried. I don't want to leave the yeshiva. I got to deal with Aretz now. So God chose him. Nah, Yaakov, you could live on the Aretz, but the Aretz can be a ladder that can lead you to the Shamayim. Don't you remember your grandfather Abraham? Yaakov now needed to be taught this lesson. So what does he say when he gets up? When he gets up, he comes along and says, I never knew this. I never knew this. There's God on the earth. I didn't know. I knew that God is in the Shamayim things. I knew God is in the, you know, the mitzvot. But you're telling me eating, drinking, sleeping, getting married, going to work. In this place over here called Aretz. He says, I, I, I wasn't aware of that. This place is Nora. It's the gates that lead to heaven. The gates that lead to heaven are not in heaven. The gates that lead to heaven are on earth. That you could use the earthliness in order to elevate Takadosh. It's a different, different understanding. Oh, so the next Pasuk says, Oh, at that point, the Pasuk comes along and says, Baisai Yaakov Raglav. Where are the person's legs? Legs are on the ground. Before this dream, Yaakov understood that the earth remains on the earth. The earth remains lowliness. You've got to keep away from Arziyut. Now Yaakov Abinu, after the dream, understands you can elevate the earth. Vayisa Yaakov Raglav. That Yaakov understood over here, Vayisa Yaakov. You can elevate, you can lift Raglav, the place of Raglav. Raglav is the Raglayim. Raglayim is the low place. Raglayim is the Ekev. That's the Ekev of Esav. Vayisa Yaakov Raglav. He understood that now there's an Inyan of what? Kadesh atzmecha b'mutar. And you're going to get married. Getting married, you know, the church lavdi doesn't get married because it's, uh, you know, it's 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 ta'aba. So they do all the other stuff, but they don't get married because it's ta'aba. What do we look at marriage? Adraba. We say, like we said in Hagadash of Pesach, Kadesh urchatz. Make kedushin, get married, Kadesh, and then you become clean. Either we look at Kiddushin as a elevation. So what does the Pasuk say? Arza ben Ekedem. There's a... Uh, there's two ways to look at the Brit Milah. The Goim look at the Brit Milah as lust. How did Sadiqim look at the Brit Milah? When the Sadiq wants to make a shivwa, where does he put his hand? By the Brit Milah. What do you mean, Brit Milah is Ta'ava? No, you're using the Brit Milah for Kodesh. Ot Berit Kodesh. So Yaakov Abinu, for this 77 years old, he never, the Brit Milah never wasted a drop of zen. Nothing, Sadiq, his mind is in heavens. After the dream, Borelam's telling him, now nah, you gotta go artist and use the artist as a ladder to go to the Shamayim. He starts to climb the ladder. He starts to climb the ladder. That ladder that starts on the Aris. And where does he go to get married? Says the Mikubalim. Arza benekedem. Is Rashetevot. Aleph, Bet, Kof. Arza benekedem. Rashetevot. Ot, Berit, Kodesh. Arza benekedem is coming to him. That now he's understanding that even when you go to the marriage, he's elevating himself. If that's the case, you have to learn the parasha totally different now. When Yaakov gets to the well and he kisses Rahel, you know what type of kiss that was? <coughs> that in Yan of Yaakov kissing Rahel. 
Who do you think it's a kiss of, 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 of romance? God forbid. God forbid somebody should, should uh, 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 you know, put his own uh, love story and, uh, and put it on Yaakov Abinu. Just because a person has his own perverted story, that's not the story of Yaakov Abinu. But that's all you know. So you think that just like you did it, so therefore everybody's like you. Had shalom. Tzadikim, if I can only tell you what that kiss was, Vayishak Yaakov Lerachel. Vayishak Yaakov Lerachel. You know, the, the Rabbi Nachman from Breslov said, Rachel represents Torah Shabbat Peh. Rachel in Kabbalah is referred to as Malchut, Shekhinah. Malchut, Torah Shabbat Peh, Karina Allah. Rachel is the Torah Shabbat Peh. They say, like, because, like, on the sheep, everybody benefits from the sheep. You just keep on cheering and cheering and cheering, goes back. It's Torah Shabbat Peh, it doesn't end. Torah Shabbat Peh, the Pirushim. Rachel is a sheep. Rachel is like the shearing of the sheep. Yaakov represents the Tanah. The Tanah of the Mishnah. Yaakov. The Biud Anasi was the author of the Mishnah. Anasi, who nitzot shel Yaakov Abinu. So the Mekubalim write, he writes, Abin Nachman says, that when a person learns Torah, and you quote a Mishnah, the lips of the Tanah are moving in the it's an amazing thing that when you learn Gemara, Mishnah, and you're reading the words, all of a sudden there's a there's a hibur between the Tanah that you're quoting and the one that's quoting it. So he says, this connection of Siftotav do Bevot Pekever is called in the Kabbalistic terminologies a Neshika. There's a... And what does Neshika mean? A connection, a hibur. Basically when two lips come together. So when the lips of the learner and the lips of the one that he's learning, when they connect, because they're aroused together, that's called the neshika. So he says, Vayishak Yaakov Rachel, he created the concept of that when the Tamir Hakam learns Torah Shema there's to be a neshika between the... You know what Kabbalah kiss that one? When you, when, you when you kiss anything, you have that kavana. So already in Yan of the kissing of Yaakov to Rachel was in Yan of Nishikin of Sephtodad to Vedu Bekeber. So we have, we have, now you took a simple physical kiss and you climbed the ladder by Yisai Yaakov Raglav. That's the tzaddikim. They were like permissible stuff and turn it into uh, something incredible. He gets to Laban's house. <coughs> so you have the sticks and he's trying to Produce these sheep over here. It looks like a very simple story. Anyway, look at the Zorah Kadosh. The Zorah Kadosh said what Yaakov was doing with the sticks. Veze sod, tefillin shel yad, tefillin shel rosh. I can't explain it. <coughs> to me, it looks like he had sticks and he's breeding animals. But the Zorah says, ah, look at it over there, read it again. Tzod shel tefillin. So everything he was doing over here, although it looked physical, once he had the dream, the dream tells him everything is godliness. Everything. Everything is calculated. Kadesh And he needs that dream before he goes on his road. Because that's the key dream. The key is the dream. The dream is the direction. Let's say, I come along and say, I make a nedir. I will not give you any hana'ah. I will not give you any hana'ah. Am I allowed to blow shofar for you on Rosh Hashanah? Yes. Why? Mitzvot Mitzvot is not considered hana'ah. Mitzvot. That's God's business. Hana'ah is physical stuff. Understand? Oh. So says the Tasha Rebbe. Yaakov Abinu comes along now. He's going to get married. He has nothing to his name. I have nothing, not even a small flask of oil. And therefore, if I have nothing, even if God makes a miracle, I'm not able to benefit from it. Because you're not allowed to be neheneh from ma'asin nisim. And all of a sudden, Yaakov Abinu, in that thought, had the dream. 
And after he finishes, he wakes up from the dream, he says, wait, I see something now that I didn't know before. That if I use all my physical stuff for the purpose of God, that's not considered nehenah. Because I could take something that's physical and use it for God, that becomes a mitzvah in itself. I have my answer, you know why? That you're able to put the shamayim, like Avraham Abinu says, that I didn't know you could turn sh- sh- the artist into a shamayim. I thought the shamayim, the shamayim, the artist is the artist. That's why I never went to the artist before. I stayed away from the artist. But now that you're telling me that there's a concept that you could make shamayim and the artist that he taught in the sulam that everything is shamayim. So that even if God makes a miracle, it's not considered neheneh. Didn't we ask the question, you're not allowed to be neheneh from Ma'asin Nisim? You're right. When are you not allowed to be neheneh? When you're being neheneh physically. But if I'm using the Ma'asin Nisim to serve God, just like we said, if you make a neheneh against the person that you cannot give him hana'ah, you can blow the shofar for him, because that's considered not a hana'ah. So therefore he says, and I quote the rabbis Lashon, oh, wow. well, we have the book in front of us, why shouldn't we quote it? Omnam, aharkach, hazar behazik, he became strengthened. Let anam movat sivris, I'm not going to lose my, uh, my faith. Ezrim im Hashem osesh shalomar spirush, ki Yaakov abinu hare asak bechol inyane olam mazib bektushak gedola, ki bechol derachav umasab, when he went to Laban's house, you see everything he did, the kiss was a yan of, the, 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 the sticks were in Yarav Tefillin. Everything he did was that. So he came along and he said, Yehudim Gedolim, Neshikim. He says, Ki Ezrim Yehim Hashem Oseh Shamayim Va'ares. Ki Bechol Makom Shekatub Magdim Shamayim La'ares. HaKabana Sha'ikaru Bechinat Shamayim. Ubechinat Ha'ares Tefillah Elav. And therefore, everything is Shamayim. And the Ares is secondary. That means you could turn the, the shoot area into the Shamayim itself. And that's, already the lesson that we see over here, and the lesson we learn from here is to really connect, to connect everything. And therefore Yaakov, therefore Yaakov Abinu Alav Shalom, when he prayed for the money, he knew that he would not be able to use it for his own self. But when he came to the conclusion after the dream that nothing is for your own self, that you can use the barim artsim, so that everything becomes a mitzvah. Even when a person engages in the, in the artist stuff, he learns from the, the sword of of, uh, of Avraham Abinu. And that's why, based on last night's Shi'ur, last night's Shi'ur, we mentioned that uh, the Kedem, Kedem, the Mikubalim, which we'll talk about tomorrow, referred to it as Kedem Diromit Mizrahit. There's a certain area on the uh, map of spirituality called the Southeast Corridor. Right, the beds on that, so that's where Lavan. Lavan is, is from Kirin to the Mimis But the Mikubalim learn that Darom is the south is Avraham. Mm-hmm. The north is Yitzhak. That's why it says by Avraham, Haloch bin Asawa Hanegba. Abraham always travels south. Because he's in the south. Because the south is to the right. When you're facing the Hechal, the right is, is here. The left is, is Yitzhak. That's Safon. The Safon to Patahara'ah. That's Midat Adin. <coughs> and then the center is Mizrah. What's Mizrah? Yaakov Abin, which is Tafedit. So therefore, when it says that Yaakov Abinu traveled, Arza Kedem, Kedem is Rashid Tevot, Keren Deromit Mizrahit. Deromit is Avraham, and Mizrahit is Yaakov. Explanation based on what we're learning today, because he learned it from Avraham. Avraham is the first one. Avraham is the first one that came along and said that what? That you could take the physical things. Now, Yaakov Abin was minumaz to this. When the Jewish people received the Torah, I'm taking it one step further. When the Jewish people received the Torah, how did we respond? Nasev and Ishma. What does it mean, Nasev and Ishma? I saw one from one of the Sepharim said, Nasev and Ishma is perush like this. There's an old Hebrew saying that the Gemara talks about, you can't hear two voices at the same time. Remember your teachers told you, I can't hear two people talking at the same time? <coughs> There's two voices that a person always is, is fighting against. The call of Ruhaniyut and the call of Gashmiyut. Normally, the call of Gashmiyut is amplified, and therefore you can't hear the call of Ruhaniyut. 
it usually drowns out the Kol Ruhaniyut. Because we're drawn to it. So therefore we hear it more than we hear the, the other Kol. You know, we hear the whisper in the morning, go to shul. That's go to shul. It's a whisper. <laughs> and the other guy says, stay sleeping. So you hear that voice over the whisper. So you can't hear two voices. No problem. However, as Jews, Jews have an obligation that even when they're engaged in the physical things, they have to be able to hear the spiritual at the same time. That's why when the Jews received the Torah, what did they say? Naaseh. Naaseh means we're going we're gonna to work. What is Naaseh? We're going to do Asiyah. But even at the time of Naaseh, Nishma, we're still going to hear the call of Ruhaniyut. Even at the time of Naaseh, Nishma. That's the key. That even when you're Naaseh, you're eating. Even when you're Naaseh, you're business. Even, a guy says, what are you doing now? I'm going to work. Naaseh. But don't forget, the Jews accepted upon themselves to keep an ear open even at the wow, time of wow, Naaseh wow, wow, wow. that they're going to hear it. Because you have to do both. Always the same. A Jew doesn't have a head ever to shut off the Ruhani. The guy says, Rabbi, I learned for an hour. I'm closing the book. I'm going to work. No problem. Don't shut the ear. Don't, 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 don't put the earplugs in your ear. Even at the time of Naaseh and Ishma, that's why. <clears throat> that's why. Yaakov Abinu, when he received the blessing, what did his father tell him? His father was giving him a remez. His father told him, Yo Yaakov, call, call Yaakov. Why did he say call twice? He was saying, because by Yaakov, I call, call. Always by Yaakov, you always have to be hearing two kolot simultaneously. Call, call. There's a call of Ruchniyut, there's a call of Geshmiyut, and it's always got to be simultaneous. Never that when you're involved in the call of the Gashmiyut, that you're able to shut down the call of Ruhaniyut. So really Yitzhak Amin was hinting to him, you're about to leave now. Remember the rule. By Klai said, a call, call. Two kolot have to be heard simultaneously. Shilabu Amalek says in Tehilim, in Shina Tehilim, Hashmi'ini et kolech, ki kolech, Arev. Arev means your voice is pleasant, sweet. Shalomah Melech is saying in the name of God. Hashmi'ini et kolech ki kolech arev. So I want so beautiful explanation. It says the word kol in that pasuk twice. Hashmi'ini et kolech ki kolech arev. The pasuk could have said hashmi'ini et kolech ha'arev. But it didn't say that. It says, Hashmi'ini et kolech ki kolech. If you take the word kol, how much is kol equal? 136. 136. Okay, no problem. Kol is 136. Kol again, because there's two kolot. 272. How much is the word arev? 272. So the pasuk is saying, Hashmi'ini et kolech ki kolech. Which type of kol? The kol that's arev, a double kol. Arev is kol times two. That's the key, and that's why Bore Olam, he heard this, you know, there's a rule. I'm going to give you a secret now. There's a saying in psychology that you dream about what's in your mind. Huh? You know that saying? Whatever you're thinking about, it's in your mind. It comes out in the dream. So remember I asked you always the same question. Yaakov's dreaming about a ladder. What was he, a fireman? Why would he dream about a ladder? He's a carpenter? Well, he's a roofer? What, what, what is he drinking about a ladder for? Do you want to tell me, you, you dream about what you think of, why would the sulam be in his, in, in his mind? Huh? What's the numerical value of sulam? Also 136. 136. His father already put it in his mind. His father on the way out told him, Hakol, kol, Yaakov. But now he has this in his brain, kol, kol, kol. So in the dream, he got an interpretation of what that kol kol means. You know what the kol kol means? Sulam musav arza, that's the kol of Gashmiyut. That's the kol of Ruhaniyut. And therefore, that was in his brain. He knew the kol kol, but how does, what does it mean? So he says, ah, now I understand. He says, achen yesh Hashem b'makom 
I didn't know that there's Hashem Makom Azeh. The Makom over there, that's the, the secret of the Sulam. Okay, the Botai. What's up over here? What? So his name is Ekev. Where did Yud come from? Hashem is putting his stamp. Beauty. Yud Ekev. Like how to open it. Love it. Love it. Yud Ekev. 